two scripture passages I want to focus on this morning to lead us into some reflections on what it means to be a mighty man of God. Job chapter 40, verse 7, and then 1 Timothy 6, 11 through 16. But before I read from Job, I'm going to ask all the men aged 18 and up to stand. Men, brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you will answer me. That's God speaking, not me. That's God speaking. Brace yourself like a man. Okay, you may be seated. From Timothy. But you, man of God, flee from all of this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus, who, while testifying before Pontius Pilate, made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see. To him be honor and might forever. Amen. And this is the word of the Lord. Today on Father's Day, we, and our whole society pretty much, gives an appreciative nod to fatherhood. And for us, as we worship God, that provides an opportunity for us to think about what it means to be a man of God in this world. But in approaching this topic, there is, there is, there's a problem that needs to be addressed. And it's revealed in this question. What's the matter with men today? That question headed an article in the New Yorker magazine back in January this year. It's just one of many articles written on studies done on what is increasingly be considered a crisis in manhood in what is called the Western world. And that article begins with this statement. Many social scientists agree that contemporary American men are mired in malaise. And it goes on to describe the problem with examples of how the male world seems to be in a precipitous decline. And social scientists are, are getting increasingly concerned about what has been happening to men and their place in society as a result of an agenda to change the very definition of what it means to be a man in our world. Of course, that's, that's not to say that men and manhood can't use a little bit of fine-tuning now and then. Right, ladies? <laughs> I mean, we're not perfect, although we'd like to think we are sometimes, but we're not. And as Christians, we know that better than anybody. But 
In our world today, definitions of masculine identity and male roles as defined and understood for eons are being radically overturned. One female anthropologist recently wrote this. I see all of these little girly boys running around and I wonder, is no one teaching boys how to be men anymore? The answer, frankly, no, not really. In fact, the opposite is happening. And it has been for some time now, and some of these social scientists are tracing that back to the 1970s. And this lack of teaching boys how to become men has led many noted sociologists and anthropologists to conclude that, and I quote, men are becoming an endangered species as efforts to create a a new kind of man for the new world are attempting to remake men into the image of woman. And that is producing consequences with significant detrimental impacts on society. So some of these social scientists are beginning to sound the alarm, wondering if maybe we've gone too far. One very dramatic result is that men are increasingly tuning out of society. A recent study recently concluded in the U.S. alarmingly notes that about one-third, one-third of young men aged 18 to 25 whose whose self-esteem is pretty much at rock bottom have given up on investing in education, careers, sports. Can you imagine guys not even investing in sports? not to mention marriage and relationships and parenthood. Well, that's no way. And when asked why, they simply say, well, there's no point. There's there's no place for them in this world anymore. It's a world where they can't be men. So they are dropping out. One third. Ironically, at the very same time, about one-third of young women in the same age category are complaining that they can't find suitable men with whom to have a meaningful relationship. The kind of men that they want to build a future with. And when asked to define such men, these women invariably say they want their men to adhere to, get this, traditional values and characteristics sometimes described as the three P's of manhood, namely protect, procreate, and provide. But this apparent problem with men is just, just, it's just one symptom of massive, mind-spinning change that's taking place throughout our world. Now, everything today, I mean, if you pay attention to the news at all and, 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 and maybe watch things on, on YouTube and those kinds of things that you you can understand that things seem to be going topsy-turvy as stuff that was once considered to be wrong is now called right. And what was understood to be right is now considered to be wrong. Increasingly creating a weird surreality of society that can aptly be described as insanely oriented. However, if we know our Bibles, we know that already way, way back Centuries before Jesus even walked on this earth, Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, warned against and condemned those in his time who, and I quote, call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That's Isaiah 5, verse 20. 
And as written in Romans 1, verses 28 through 32, the Apostle Paul warned that such madness is commonplace when humankind follows ways that can only be described as anti-God. Because, because that's what's at the heart of turning things upside down and inside out. Like we're now seeing and experiencing in the upheavals and the chaos of the culture wars that are so prevalent throughout our society. And perhaps the most devastating part with the worst consequences of these culture wars is those efforts to change men, to be other than what God has designed. In pondering on this, a colleague, Dr. Greg Salmon, asked this question. Why this concentrated and pernicious attack on men and young boys? Why is that taking place? That's a good question. Why indeed? Well, who stands to benefit? Those who don't want strong, capable, confident, and especially godly men around. So now let's take that into the spiritual realm. In Ephesians 6, verse 12, the Apostle Paul identifies and describes the insidious force behind such change as powers of this dark world and spiritual forces of evil. And these powers are using anti-God people to, to implement change through what is happening through what is now called the woke ideologies and policies that are taking root in our politics and in our education system and in business and labor relations and other influential institutions. These dark world powers and spiritual forces of evil know that mighty men of God are a formidable force to be reckoned with, so I believe that they are using godless people, especially those in leadership, to demolish manhood as God has designed it to be. Why? Well, the answer is simple. Because with such men out of the way, God's world and God's kingdom gets more and more pushed to the fringes, gets marginalized. So, men of God today, I take this challenge to I take the challenge to you today asking you to be mighty men of God. And that takes us first to Job 40 verse 7, where God is challenging us to man up to who we are created to be. Doing so with these statements. Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Brace yourself like a man. I don't know if any of you guys have ever had someone say something like that to you, but I have. I mean, even my dad has said that to me a few times when I was younger. And, and, and it signals that something unsettling and rather uncomfortable is about to come down. Something we might call a dressing down or, or getting put into our place. And I think here in Job 40 verse 7, God, who is addressing really all men of God, is challenging us to think about where we stand in this world that is increasingly governed by madness. Are we standing firm in, in his world and in his kingdom? Or, or do we allow the world and its craziness to push us around? Based on his observations and work with young men, another colleague says, 
I believe in today's Western culture, particularly for those under age 40, there is no more confusing passage in all of Scripture than this one. Brace yourself like a man. And that's because as the results of efforts to recast men to be something other than God created us to be, it is increasingly becoming difficult to know what it is to even be a man. Therefore, there is, there is huge confusion over how men should act and think and be in our society. In such a world, only men who know who they are in God's design, men who faithfully follow Jesus, men who strive to be like Him, exemplifying Him as we serve to bring God's blessings to our families and communities, only such men can resist the madness of a world that seems to be going insane. By being the kind of men the world and those powers of darkness and evil fear. Namely, mighty men of God. In 2 Samuel 23, we meet some mighty men who weren't afraid to act like such men in the face of enemy power for the sake of king and kingdom. One day, the story goes, David was expressing his desire to have a drink of water from home, from Bethlehem. But since the well containing that water was under the control of the Philistines, three of his mighty men, at great risk and peril to themselves, went and they got a container of water from that well. And when they brought it to David, he was so touched that he poured the water out as an offering to God. What stands out in this episode is the character of those men who went to get that water. In their actions, we see men behaving like men ought to behave in service to their king. And they were just serving David. We serve a higher king. Serving with honor, integrity, loyalty, compassion, love, faithfulness. All qualities of God's mighty men. But they're all qualities our mad world wants to deny us. So now I ask you, brothers in faith, are we the kind of men who stand up for Jesus? Who live for Jesus? Who immerse ourselves in the faith of our fathers to be mighty men of God who resist the evil ways of a world that is so bent on eliminating God's men for the sake of some new world order where God and his ways are done away with and, and madness reigns? Are we willing to just let that happen? Or are we willing to stand courageously for the Lord and His way in our families and communities and exemplify that so that our boys, the men of the future, will know how to be mighty men of God too? And women, to borrow a phrase from the book of Proverbs chapter 31, as the women of noble character you are and are called to be in following Jesus, as women of faith, are you willing to stand up for and encourage and support and defend your men in a world that strives to deny such manhood? You know, God created you for that role. You are our partners. And you need to live into that because we men, I'll admit it, we can't do it on our own. We need you. And we all, men and women, boys and girls, we all have to understand that when God challenged Job to brace himself like a man, he is reminding all of us to keep placing our trust in God's sovereignty 
and his plans and his agenda for recreating the world. Even when we don't understand what's going on and the madness of this world is causing chaos and confusion. You know, Job, Job had really gone through some terribly tough times. There is no disputing that. And so do we. But if, as Job was compelled to admit, God really is our sovereign king, then we have got to have the courage and character of men and women who, like David's mighty men of old, are committed to being faithful, serving our Redeemer King, standing strong, resisting the madness of a godless world, and follow him, regardless of whatever this world tries to do to stop us from being who we're created to be. Now, of course, we do have a huge advantage over Job and David's mighty men because we have an example and a mentor that they didn't have. And here I share some insights from another colleague who's providing what he calls four foundation stones for authentic manhood. Four foundation stones derived from examining the manhood of Jesus, which reveals that a mighty man of God is one who rejects passivity, accepts responsibility, leads courageously, and expects the greater reward, God's reward. You see, to be a mighty man of God, which, by the way, is essential for being a great father if we are blessed with fatherhood, demands that we model our manhood on Jesus, not the crazy whims of an insane world. In Jesus, we see a man who was anything but passive, a man of action. And he knew what he was there to do for God's kingdom, and he did it unflinchingly resolved to do God's will, even when that brought him suffering and pain. In Jesus, we see a man who shouldered his responsibility and led courageously right into and through the valley of the shadow of death as he laid down his life for us at the cross of Calvary where he shouldered the burdens of all of our sin. He bore it to that cross and he gained complete forgiveness for all who believe in him. And that sets us free to be men and women of God who serve to bring God's blessings to our families, to our communities, to our world. And in Jesus, we see a man who in his counseling and teaching consistently pointed out that following him results in great reward. And we experience tastes of that now and, and, and we know that there is a far, far greater reward coming in the future when he returns because he says so. And that reward is experienced in the abundant blessings of the kingdom of God that, that are poured out on us every day. Blessings that impact us and, and our families and our communities as we serve our King. So, brothers in Christ, as we walk in the footprints of our fathers in faith, like my dad who was a mighty man of God, a man deserving of honor on Father's Day, may we, as declared in 1 Timothy 6, be men who pursue righteousness, who pursue godliness, who pursue faith, and love and endurance and gentleness as we reject living passively, accept responsibility, lead courageously, and all the while we enjoy the rewards that come with following Jesus. And may we do so knowing that in the salvation that we have gained in and through Jesus, we are being renewed and recast in the mold of God's image in order to be 
mighty men of God in our time and place. Now to be such men requires being men of faith who follow Jesus no matter what. And this faith, while being the gift that, that gives us the courage and the, the fortitude to endure the challenges and the opposition we encounter in this, well, we can only say increasingly diametrically opposed to biblical manhood world, this faith also gives us the power and the strength and the confidence to be fiercely and fearlessly gentle and kind, compassionate, caring, and loving like David's mighty men who went to get that water from home for their beloved king. I know from experience, as many of you already do too, that is not going to be easy to live up to. But, as the Apostle Paul has declared in Romans 8, verse 37, we have overcome in Christ. We have overcome and we already are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So may we follow him with hearts that are full of joy, dedicated to living to bring honor and praise and glory to our great Father in heaven. Let us pray. Lord God, as men and women here sitting in Athens Church this morning and and, and people in churches all over the place, and people who are watching services online, people who know you, Lord, we, we know on this Father's Day that, that you have created men and women, and you have given us instructions about how we are to live to be mighty men and women of God. So help us to do that in this world, Lord, because the world needs us more than ever. It needs people who are willing to stand for Jesus, stand for your way, to live to shine the light of truth into a world that is, as the Bible says, so full of darkness. So, Lord, we ask that you give us all that we need in the power of your Spirit, equipping us to be mighty men and mighty women of God who praise and honor and glorify you. And we know we can only do this because of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.